Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Let's go over to Acts chapter 1. And uh, we want to continue with this that we have uh, we spoke concerning last Sunday night, assigning the power of God. And uh, I've had a lot of time to uh, uh, look at, at these things. And the, the, it's something that the, the Lord will start getting you on a road of revelation. And... Uh, you know, Dr. Lester Summerall said something one time. He said, the way you get more revelation is you preach on it. And uh, as, because as you preach, it, it stirs up those, those wells of revelation. Uh, but even, even this morning, all the way, I was in Russellville this morning uh, at uh, Russellville Christian Center. Pastor Willie George was there. And uh, he spoke into my life much over the years. And so I wanted to be in the meetings where he was. And... Uh, Long story short, uh, all the way down, all the way back, the, the Lord, of course, was talking to me about the message tonight. Assigning the, why is the power of God so important? And uh, one of the first reasons, and, and we're not given a list, but one of the first reasons is where power is, help's available. Where there's power, there's power every time the Word of God is preached. And so when you're in the local church, in the presence of the Word of God being preached, Help is available. Help's available. Rescue is available. Amen. I was, I was uh, dealing with a situation one time, and uh, 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 the enemy, well, I say it was the enemy. Uh, it, it was one of those situations where I just kept having this feeling about a certain family member, and it wasn't a good feeling. It was a foreboding feeling, and uh, it was... Uh, uh, you know, I, I was just praying about it and seeking the Lord about it and, and keeping my, my mind right, my words right. And I was sitting, sitting in the local church, sitting in the local church, and a, and a minister that, that had no concept, no, I did not know me, had never spoken to me. And uh, I was just sitting there, and he just, at the end of the service, he had a few words of knowledge, and he was about to sit down. He said, nope, nope, there's one more. And he said, uh, he said, there's somebody here, you've got a family member, and you keep hearing this and that and the other, and he named exactly what I'd been listening to or hearing, and he said, uh, I just need to tell you, the Lord says, that's not the Holy Spirit, that's the devil, he's trying to deceive you. And he said, the next time you hear those words, just say, no, that's not going to happen, so on and so forth. Now that sounds simple, but had I not been where the power was, if I hadn't been where the power was, amen. Where power is, help is available. And, and us as believers, we're responsible to bring the power into manifestation. In your life, in my life, I'm responsible to bring the power of God into manifestation. Amen. And uh, if, if, if you'll remember, and uh, we're not going to go there, but in 2 Kings chapter 2, the Bible, the Bible talks about uh, Elijah and Elisha, and very often much is made of the impartation, and we should make much of that. But here, here's the thing. 
The Bible says that Elisha picked up the mantle of Elijah. The mantle represented power. Now, now notice, very, very often someone will die. A great man or woman of God will, will leave the earth. And someone will go, I wonder who his mantle is going to fall on. Mantles don't fall on people. They pick them up. They don't, they don't fall on people. They pick them up. All right. The Bible says that the mantle fell to the earth and Elisha picked it up. But then he went to the river Jordan and he struck the river Jordan and, and said, where's the Lord God of Elijah? And the water split. But notice what he had to do. He had to strike to get the power of God. Yes. It's I have to bring the power of God into manifestation. Every person in here, every believer that you know is wired with power. We are wired with supernatural ability, but it has to be brought into manifestation. Amen. I, I used this illustration, I think, last week. When you walk in this room and it's dark, well, the, the place is wired for power. But until someone flips the switch, there's no manifestation of that power. But the moment the switch is flipped, the power goes into manifestation. Amen. And the, 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 the power of God has to have a channel. It has to have a channel to operate and flow through. Amen. And power that is uncontained or not properly channeled is dangerous. If you, if, you just, if you just start trying to operate power with no containment, it's dangerous. There, there's, there's, enough, there's enough power in this room right now to destroy, but it's contained. It's channeled properly. Amen. In the era we're living in, God's looking for people that will say, I'll be a channel for the power of God to flow. And, and I don't just mean in the clichéic sense like we've heard so much over the years with revival. I, listen, I, be, I believe that we're in a constant state of revival. Our churches don't need to be revived. We've been vibed a long time ago, and we never lost our vibe, all right? But here's the thing. If every believer would understand at any time, they could strike the power of God and bring it into manifestation. Amen. Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Mm. I just feel like something good is about to happen. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 1 and verse 4. And being assembled together with them, Jesus, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, you've heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but you'll be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Verse 7, and they, they asked him about the times and the seasons. He said, it's not for you to know the times and the seasons that the Father has in his own power, but you shall receive power. Everybody say power. power. You shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth. Now notice, he said, go and wait in Jerusalem for the promise of the Father. So in order for the power to flow through an individual, they have to be where God told them to be. In order for the power to flow, I've got to be where God told me to be. Amen. Now, obviously, being a pastor... My, my love, my devotion is the local church. And, 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 and so much is here where that's concerned. But I'll, I'll see people, and they just kind of bounce from pillar to post. They just, they're here one week, and over here the next week, and then they're here for a month, and they're over there for a month. 
And what they're doing, they're chasing something. They're chasing. They say they're, they're looking for a move of God. Listen, you don't get power if you never stay somewhere long enough for it to show up. That's right. Come on, Pastor. Amen. You don't get power if you don't show up and expect it. And show up and be ready for it. It may not be in every service, but if you're in every service, when it shows up, you'll be there. Amen. Do you see that? That's, that's so important. And so the disciples, notice, he, he said, you go and you wait for the promise of the Father. Now, now hear me when I say this. I'm raised classic Pentecostal. But what was the promise of the Father? Jesus told us what the promise of the Father was. People will say it was tongues. No, it wasn't. It was power. The promise of the Father was power. Now, tongues is the initial evidence that you've received that power. Amen? But he didn't say go and wait in, the, in, in Jerusalem for tongues. He said go and wait for power. Go and wait for the Holy Spirit. Who is the spirit of power and the spirit of might and the spirit of wisdom. He said, you go and wait and something is going to come on you like you've never had before. And it's going to enable you to be a witness to me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, now other denominations, they preach that that, that be witnesses, that that's the ability. You won't be afraid to tell people about Jesus. Well, that's partly true, but this word power... It means, it means, uh, it literally means miraculous power. By implication, a miracle in itself. It's the word dunamis. All right? In, in other words, it is referring to miraculous power flowing through an individual. This promise, this power is a promise made to the believer by Jesus. He said, you go and you will be endued. You will be clothed. You will be, you will be covered in power. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Do, do, do you see that? Covered in power. And, and where did they get that power? By being where Jesus told them to be. By being where Jesus told them to be. Hallelujah. See, you're where God told you to be. And if you're where God told you to be, the power will meet you. The power will show up. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. The power's at your house. The power's on your job. The power's in the grocery store with you. The power's at Home Depot. Power, power. Everywhere you go, the power is there. It's not waiting on you, it's in you. You're wired for power. Everywhere you go, the power's with you. Amen. It's not pressure. It's not intended to be pressure for you to do something. It's a realization that you can do something. It's a realization that I can change things. I can make a difference because I can strike the power. I can connect to the power. Whenever I want, I can connect to the power. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Mm, glory. The Amplified Bible said, You shall receive power, ability, efficiency, and might when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you'll be my witnesses. When? When this ability, this efficiency, this might comes on them. You, you'll be my witnesses. We're going to read it in just a minute. The Bible tells us 
how they were witnesses. It says that the disciples were witnesses and the apostles were witnesses by the mighty signs and wonders that they did. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Amen. Had they not been where they were supposed to be, power would have had no landing place. The power of God is always looking for a place to land. A place that will receive it. Amen. You, you know, the, the, the Holy Spirit is referred to as, as, as the symbol is a, is a dove. Now, the Holy Spirit's not a dove. Not a bird. All right? But it said the Holy Spirit descended on Jesus like a dove. All right? That, that, that very gently, very, 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 very sweetly. Well, everything in the Old Testament is a shadow in the New Testament. When, Mo, when Noah released the dove out of the ark, it went and looked for a landing place. And when it couldn't find a landing place, it just came back where it was sent from. But one day he let the dove out and it found a landing place and Noah knew, okay, we got this. Because the, the dove found a landing place. I'm telling you, when you got born again, the power of God found a landing place. And whatever you're dealing with, whatever you may be facing, you got, you got the ability to overcome it because the dove, the Holy Spirit, has not went back where He came from. He's still in the earth and He's still available. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Do, 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 do you see that? Glory to God. The power has to have a landing place. It has to have a channel to flow through. Oh, Dr. Oral Roberts said this. He said, every day, miracles are coming to you or passing you by. Every day, miracles are coming to you or they're passing you by. Amen. That, that's a good place to say, don't pass me by. Amen. See, I, 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 I'm wired for the power of God. Amen. You're wired. Say it out loud. Say, I'm wired for the power of God. See, miracles don't just occur. They don't just happen. I have to prepare myself. I have to be in the right position for the power to flow to me and to flow through me. I have to position myself to function in that power. Amen. Hallelujah. Notice in Acts chapter 4. Whew. That, 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 that involves turning the switch of faith on. Turning the switch of faith on and keeping it on every day is a faith day. You've always got the switch of faith turned on. You're not going to run up your spiritual utility bill by keeping the switch of faith on all day, every day, all night, every night. Amen. You know how it is when it's as hot as, as it is and, 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 and your, your, your air conditioning system just running just all day and all night? Right? And you got to fight to not think about the bill. And, and you don't dare turn it down because you got to sleep. Amen. But here, here's, here's, here's the thing. You're, you're, you're not going to run up a high bill keeping the switch of faith. If you don't keep the switch of faith turned on, when you need it to come on and you need the power to flow, you need it immediately. You need it right now. Amen. 
You know, there's a lot of talk about, you know, electric vehicles and, and, and so on and so forth nowadays. And, and if, if you like that, that's fine. But here's, here's what I do know. The torque in an electric vehicle is instant. When, when, you, when you hit the, the accelerator on a fuel-powered vehicle, it, it, there's a slight delay. Ever how quick it can happen, no matter how, how high the performance of the vehicle, there's a slight delay. But on an electric vehicle, it's instant. The torque's instant. Why? Power. Power. Amen. Power. Do you see that? When you need your faith to work now. 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 Right? Because I keep the power turned on. Amen. Keep the power turned on. Acts 4, verse 29. Ooh, glory. And, and this is when... Uh, uh, they, of course, they came back. They'd been threatened. Notice this. Lord, behold their threatenings. Grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. Now, now, now notice. By stretching forth your hand to heal. And that signs and wonders may be done in the name of your holy child Jesus. When they prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled. What happened? Power. Power. And they, notice what happened again. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Isn't that what it says? They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And it says they spake the word of God with boldness. And the multitude of them that believed were one heart, one soul, so on and so forth. Verse 33. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. The power they demonstrated was proof that Jesus was alive. You know, when you go up and you tell somebody Jesus is alive, that's not proof to them that He's alive. But when you lay hands on the sick and they get well and you say, now Jesus is alive. That's proof that Jesus is alive. The miracles, the signs, the wonders were proof that Jesus was alive. This wasn't just something they said, it's something they demonstrated. It's something they demonstrated. If a believer does not flow in power just because they're a believer. You don't flow in power just because you're a believer. It can flow because they are a believer, but it doesn't flow just because you are. A believer, every believer is wired with power, but it doesn't flow just because a person's a believer. I have to know it's present, and I have to give it action. I have to know it's present, and I have to give it action. Amen. I told you last week, they let the man down through the roof. And the Bible says in, that, in those verses, the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Them. But yet the record we have in the Word of God shows that one man got healed. Why? One man gave it action. The power was there, but one man gave it action. The, the woman with the issue of blood presses through a claustrophobic crowd, a riot. A packed street and touches Jesus. And by his own disciples' admission, the multitude was thronging him, touching him, jostling him. Yet out of that multitude, out of that innumerable amount of people, Jesus recognized one touch. She activated it. She gave it action. Amen. Hallelujah. 
So, so I've got to give it action. Tell your neighbor, I'm going to give the power action. Say it one more time. I'm going to give the power action. Hallelujah. When you sowed tonight, you gave the power action. When, when, when you confess the Word of God, you're giving the power action. You're giving it a right to operate in your life. Everything that you have within you, you the, the Bible says the same power that raised Christ from the dead dwells on the inside of you. I don't know if you've ever thought about that. That was, that was power enough to fight the greatest battle the universe will ever see, win the greatest battle the universe will ever see, and raise Jesus from the dead and that power not only raised him from the dead it seated him at the right hand of God the Father forever that's the power that dwells in you that power dwells in me right now it dwells in me right now that same power that the Bible says, by Him all things consist. By Him all things were created that were created that was created. And by Him all things consist. Colossians says, He's upholding all things by the word of His power. That same power dwells on the inside of you. That's why you can speak to a mountain and the mountain moves. That's why you can tell something to go and it goes. Because the power and the authority that you possess is yours to use at your disposal disposal at a moment's notice. Woo! Glory! Hallelujah! Amen! This, this understanding is part of being skillful with the power. There's things that God's bringing us into and He's saying you must be more skillful in that. You've got to be skillful in, in the tools I've given you. You've got to be skillful in the weaponry that I've given you. Yes, sir. Some, something that, that, that people saw in 2020. And, and please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. This I'm just talking about the fear. I'm not talking about anything else. I'm talking about the fear. What you saw a lot in 2020 was you saw a lot of believers that were not skillful with what they believed. Uh, let me go over here. You saw a lot of believers that were not skillful with what they believed. They fell in the same trap the world fell into. They, they got afraid just like the world. They got worried just like the world. Amen. Do you see what I'm saying? With the same power that raised Jesus from the dead on the inside of us. Amen. Hallelujah. So, the, so that's, why, that's why the Bible can say, I will not fear. What men can do to me. Won't fear that. Why? Because, because I have the power that created the universe on the inside of me. Do you realize there are two entities in the earth that have creative ability? God and you. Now, religion don't like that. But that's okay. Hallelujah. So what happens? See, what happens when you declare something? You shall also decree a thing. And it will come to pass. Right? You, you'll decree something. That's that creative power on the inside of you. When you speak the word of God, the reason things change 
is the Word of God is the parent voice in the universe. And everything in the world still responds to that parent voice. That's the original voice that said, let there be, and it was. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, if, had you been standing there when God declared, let there be light, you may not have felt any power, but you'd have seen it. You could not have denied it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, so those are things we've got to be skillful in. Skillful in the power. Amen. Skillful in, in flowing in the power of God. I've got to allow the power to flow. I've got to be a prepared vessel for the power of God to flow through. Notice in 2 Timothy 2. <clears throat> oh, hallelujah. Because, because I'm going to get into some things here in just a little bit. If you'll bear with me. Second Timothy 2 and 21. Now this is a familiar verse, but notice this. It says, If a man purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified meat for the master's use, prepared unto every good work. The Amplified Bible says, A vessel set apart and useful for honorable and noble purposes consecrated and profitable to the master, fit and ready for any good work. The power doesn't flow in a life that's unprepared. Amen. The power doesn't flow in churches that are unprepared. Glory to God. And, and, and that's why different places, they, they turn to entertainment, they turn to what's in vogue, they turn, they turn to what's popular. For what? To replace the, the, the power. I, I was talking with the praise team the other night. We had a, a meeting at our home with the worship team, just worshiping the Lord and praising God. And, and, I, and I made the statement. I said, I said uh, uh, there's a lot of what the, what the church calls worship. It's nothing but smoke. There's no touch of the Spirit on it. And I'm not running anybody's worship down. I'm just saying that, that when, when, when you fail... To say, okay, we want the power of God. Then I cease to be a vessel that's set apart for that. Amen. The power doesn't flow in a life that's unprepared. That's not just for the minister. That's not just for the minister. In, in, In a service, the believer in a service must learn to respond correctly to the power. Have to learn to respond correctly to the power. Because because I can learn to become skilled in responding to the power and receive when the power is in manifestation. If I respond correctly. Mm. Hallelujah. Do you see that? A, 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 a lot of times in the church, an instruction will come uh, across the, the pulpit or the platform or whatever. And, and I've been doing this a long time. And, and, and I'll watch people sometimes. Sometimes you'll have a guest minister or something like that. And, 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 and a man of God or a woman of God will say something. And people will kind of either begrudgingly do it or just not participate at all. They just miss the power. Just miss the power. Well, pastor, that's tough. I know, but it's true. 
Brother Hagin told the story about one time. He said he was, he was uh, uh, praying for some people in a little church. Of course, this would have been back in the 40s, maybe the 50s. And anyway, he said, uh, he said uh, the Lord told him, said, you tell the people that, that, and, and, and tell them, the people that are sick, that, that have these issues. He said, if they come down here and you tell them that when you lay hands on them, if they'll take off and run around this building, I'll heal them instantly. Right? And, and, and he told the story about the different people that come down. And, 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 and the one guy that could barely, barely move. And he's, he was just scooting. He could barely scoot. But he scooted on down. And, and, and then another person that was really sick, another lady, she just, she walked down. She just walked down, didn't need any help. All these others, somebody had to bring them down. And he laid hands on him. He said, now, the Lord said, if you'll take off and run around this building, he'll heal you instantly. And he said, boy, that guy that was scooting, he just took off scooting just as fast as he could. And he scooted up that aisle and down the back and scooted back down. And he said, by the time he scooted around the front and started up scooting up the other aisle, he was running instantly healed others were instantly healed he got to that woman that there wasn't anything obviously wrong with her and he said sister the lord says if you'll take off and run around this building he'll heal you and she took off and trotted a few steps and said i can't and just went back to her seat now people say well why is that a big deal she did not respond correctly to the power See, a lot of people just want God to do something for them and they don't want to do anything. And say you, people. But I have a, I have a responsibility. Well, I don't know if y'all will remember when Annie Durant was here back in 2019. And, you know, Annie's got a powerful healing ministry. And uh, uh, she was praying for people and she was directing folks. She would say, you know, uh, uh, now those of you back there come out this way. And, and do this. And, and remember? Yeah. And then there are people that she would lay hands on. She'd say, now, now go this way and cross over there. Mm-hmm. And you know, I watch people kind of begrudgingly do it. If you're sick and somebody says, go stand on your head in that corner and God will heal you. Go stand on your head. Because there's power over there. And he's looking for a channel for it to flow through. Now, God doesn't always ask us to do outlandish things like that. But I do know of a story, true story, of a guy that he's walking by a convenience store. And the Lord said, stop. And he said, okay. He said, go in that convenience store. Go over there by the Coke machine and stand on your head. And he just told the Lord previously, whatever you want me to do, whatever you ask me to do, I'll do it. And so he said, okay. And he walked in the store and... Some people were walking out, and he was hoping there wasn't anybody in there. But he went over by the Coke machine, got up on, stood on his head. The clerk ran from behind the counter and came over and got on his knees and said, My God, pray with me. I need to be saved. And he led him to the Lord. He said, Now, why did you say that? And he said, Because I told the Lord just this morning that if he was really real, he should send somebody to stand on their head in my store. True story. Now, 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 now think about that. So there's an eternal soul in the balance. And God just finds somebody that would respond correctly. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 
I'm going to strike the power. I'm going to strike the power. You know, when you're sitting in a service and everybody's worshiping God, that's not the time to check your messages and fold your arms and sit down and act like nothing's going on. You're responding incorrectly. And when you respond incorrectly, power doesn't flow. Power doesn't flow. Well, Pastor, that's kind of hard. Listen, we're going to be a church. We're going to be churches that the power has a right to flow through at any given moment. Amen. There are people that haven't darkened the door of a church since the pandemic started and they want the power of God to flow but they won't obey the word that says do not forsake the assembling of yourself together and even the more as you see the day approaching. Mm. You can't disobey God's word and expect power to flow. Well, you know, but I just believe. Listen, what you believe must match up with what the Word says or what you believe don't count. It don't count. We've got churches all over the nation, all over the world that are cutting back to one service a week. People need the gospel more than they've ever needed it before. And they're shutting down their services and giving them some kind of milk toast Christianity when they need the power of God in manifestation. If there's anything we need to do now, it's have more church. It's have more services where more people can get a hold of the power of God. I thank God for all the ability He's given us to live stream. But I need you to understand something. Live stream should be for emergencies. It should be when you can't come to church. Not because you don't want to come to church. So you're going to sit at home and watch TV instead of being in church where the power's flowing. Amen. But I'm tired. Wear your pajamas to church. We don't care. Hallelujah. Do you understand that? But, 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 but none, do you see that? Everywhere Jesus was, the power was flowing. And they, they needed to be in the presence of Jesus. Jesus said, wherever two or three of you are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of you. Jesus is right here tonight. It doesn't mean he's not somewhere else. But listen, you've got to make a decision. Am I being lazy or do I, or do I want the power of God? Am I not in church tonight because I can't be there or because something else is more important? Listen, whatever you put in front of God, you put in front of the power of God. And what you put in front of God becomes your God. And the power of God will not flow through anything or any channel that's not God-ordained. It will not. Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. That's part of being skilled. It's part of being skilled. It's part of being skilled. You want power to flow? You honor God. You honor God with your time. You honor God with your effort. Sunday is called the Lord's Day. Amen. It's not the NFL's day. It's not picnic day. It's the Lord's Day. I I drive by the ball fields and I see them packed on Sunday mornings and, and Sunday nights. And I think there are people sitting in those bleachers that need the power of God flowing in their life. And they're going to sit out here all day 
and watch their kids play ball. And there's nothing wrong with playing ball. I, I, get my, I had my kids involved in everything. But I never missed church to do it. Never missed church to do it. But here's the thing. I'm not getting off on that. Here's the thing. They need the power of God to flow. And there's churches open that have the power of God flowing, but they're watching a ball game, eating a hot dog, talking about what they need. And what they need's here. If I thought it'd help, I'd open a hot dog stand. Hallelujah. Amen. Wednesday night. When you go home on Wednesday night, just look at the bar down here. It's packed. Packed. It was packed during the pandemic. Hallelujah. I'll really be glad we can get past referencing that, but anyway, you understand what I mean? My pastor stood in this pulpit on the very first night, March 18th, on a Wednesday night, and he looked in that camera and he said, Pastors, you better be very careful. You'll dumb your people down. You'll dumb them down and they'll start thinking it don't matter if they come to church that they can just get what they need off live stream. You cannot. You cannot. It's good in a pinch. When I can't get to a conference, I watch it on live stream. But I know something. I know it's nothing like being there. It's nothing like the lightning power of God striking you. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. People say, well, Pastor, you act like we should never miss church. Well, should you? Should you? What's the Bible say? It says, don't forsake the assembling of yourself together. Now, I know things come up and issues come up in people's lives. I'm aware of that and I understand that. Sometimes work happens and, 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 and I've got people here that drive quite a ways. And I understand you can get in from work late and you can't be here. But can't is different than won't. Mm. Yeah, well, that's hard, Pastor. Listen, like the man said, it's tight, but it's right. Power, power, power. It's not just about attendance. It's about power. Responding correctly. Uh, some friends of ours were sitting with Dr. Dufresne. And this was before, of course, Dr. went to heaven. And uh, uh, he had made a statement about some meetings that were coming up. And he said, the Lord told me that all the ministers need to be in these meetings. Because there's going to be impartations. There's going to be things that occur. And, and they were sitting in, in the speaker's room afterwards, enjoying some fellowship. And uh, uh, our friend leaned over to Dr. Dufresne and said, Doctor, I meant to tell you that I'm not going to be able to, to be in those meetings that are coming up. And, she, and they said, fire flashed in his eyes. And he looked at them and said, I told you God said you needed to be in those meetings. And they said, yes, sir, we'll be in those meetings. <laughs> Amen. Think about that. We've got vessels in, in our churches today. We, we've got men from a previous generation that the power of God has flown, flowed through, that they have changed a face of a generation, and you've got churches that are putting them on the back burner in favor of, 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 of friendly preaching in favor of things that have nothing to do with the power of God. And we've got voices that are being lost to this generation because people don't care about the power anymore. Right. 
There are things that God did in the previous generation that He wants to keep doing in the generation we're in. We're going to do it. We're going to see it. We're going to see it. I'm just going to tell you right now, you do whatever you want to do with what I'm about to tell you. You will never see me up here in some holy jeans and a t-shirt. You'll never see me up here in some flip-flops and corduroy pants. You'll never see anybody on our praise team barefoot. You'll never see it. Because I want to be a conduit for the power of God to flow through. I want to honor God with what He's doing. Amen. That's free. Doubting and questioning will short circuit the power. Amen. You, listen, you can't just say or believe anything and get the power flowing. Amen. The, for instance, the Lord told me some years ago, He said, never say these three things again. I, I, I don't understand, I don't know, and I can't. He said, never say those again. Now think about that. So if I need information, wisdom in a situation, and I say, I don't know, it's not going to flow. Because I didn't respond correctly. So if someone asks me something that I don't have knowledge of, and they say, what about this? I say, I'll find out. I'll let you know. Yeah, but it's not a sin to say I don't know. He told me not to do it. Responding correctly. I say responding correctly. When, when, when the little maid that was kidnapped told Naaman's wife, she said, I would that Naaman, our, my master, was in uh, Israel because there's a prophet there that would recover him of his leprosy. There's a prophet there that would recover him of his leprosy. And she went and told him. And Naaman went to his king, remember? And the king sent a letter to the king of Israel. And the king of Israel tore his shirt. He's picking a fight with me. But watch. Elisha heard it. He said, don't worry about that. Send him to me. And watch. Watch. He gets there. And the prophet's sitting, whatever he was sitting in, prophet boy, recliner, or whatever it is. I don't know. And he sends Gehazi out. He says, tell him to go dip seven times in the River Jordan. Now think about that. Now we know this story, but think about something. Where was the power in the instruction? The power was not in the Jordan. It was in the instruction. One time they, they wheeled a man up, paralyzed. Well, he was, he was, he was gradually, he, he had a deteriorating spinal condition. And, and he was almost paralyzed. And uh, he, they were coming to my church. And they wheeled him up in a healing meeting. A good friend of mine, Lawrence Banda from Nigeria. And uh, 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 powerful miracles in his ministry. And they, and they wheeled him up. And he's praying for people. And Lawrence was very soft-spoken. You remember Lawrence. Very soft-spoken. He would call me up on the phone, and, I, and I, I would have to ask him to repeat himself because he would go, Hello, Phil. How are you today? Yes, uh, this is Lawrence. 
And that's how I preach too. The Word of God says, that's how I would preach. Walk very slowly. And then one night he was preaching and he said, uh, anyone that needs prayer for healing, please come forward. So people came forward and he's praying for people very gently. And he got to this man in the wheelchair and he said, dear brother, uh, the Lord Jesus tells me that if you'll uh, attempt to get up, he'll heal you. I'm standing right there. And the man looked at him and said, I can't get up. Where was the power? In the instruction. What would he have done had he tried to get up? Struck the power. Struck the power. They wheeled him out. He never got out of that chair. I, I, I would say he died in that chair. Amen. The power's in the instruction. Naaman got upset. Amen. He almost lost his miracle. He could have went and dipped in Abana and Farfar and all the rivers of Damascus and got nothing but wet. But finally he went back to the Jordan that was smaller, not as clean, but it's where he was told to be. Remember the very first point? For the power to show up, you got to be where it's at. Mm. Did he get cleansed? He got cleansed, didn't he? 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 5. I'm almost done, I think. There are things of the previous generation that God desired to have flowing in this generation. You know something I hear that people tell me all the time? They'll, they'll hear me teach or preach on faith, or they'll read one of our books on faith, and I hear this consistently, and my wife hears it too. I hear this consistently. Nobody's preaching faith that way anymore. And my question is, why not? Why aren't they? Because it's, it's easy to just let those things go. But the, those things were birthed in the earth to produce power to change circumstances. And, 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 and when we let them go, we're not striking the power anymore. Oh, glory to God. You know, Pastor Michelle and I have been accused of being old-fashioned. Believe that or not. But we have been. And we say, hallelujah. Glory to God. Because it's not, it's not, it's not we're, not, we're not just trying to be old school. Where's the power come? Remember, in a vessel that's set apart. I, I, I don't want a performance out of my praise team. They're not the house band. There's no tip jar up here. We're not a cover band. You understand what I mean by that? There's music in the church that has no touch of the Spirit. Because it's entertainment. It's written to be entertaining. It's not written to bring the presence of God. And you can entertain people 
and they die. And you can entertain people and their marriage falls apart. And you can entertain people and their kids go to hell. Or you can bring the presence of God and their kids get convicted and get saved. God puts their marriage back together. God puts things back together that could not be fixed in the presence of the power of God. Glory to God. I, I would rather my child know the power of God than to see lights and smoke and everything that everybody says you need to have a successful church. But know that the power of God's flowing. Mm. 2 Corinthians 2, verse 4. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of men's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. For what reason? That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Hallelujah. Now notice, if anybody had the wisdom of men, it was Paul. But he said, I did not come trying to entice you with my wisdom. I came demonstrating the Spirit and the power of God. And he said, because I want your faith to stand, not in what I know, but in the power of God. Praise God. Amen. Ever how deep or not deep you think I am theologically, I want your faith to be that when you come to church here, the power of God's going to show up. Amen. That whoever's preaching, the power's here. The power's here. Amen. The thing that was different between Paul's message and philosophy was the demonstration of the power. That was the thing that was different. The demonstration of the power of God. Not talking about the power, demonstrating the power. That's why we got to be skilled in it. That's why we got to be skillful. Notice in 2 Corinthians 12. 2 Corinthians 12. Mm. The power of God. 2 Corinthians 12 and verse 12. Notice what Paul says. Truly, the signs of an apostle were wrought among you in all patience, signs, wonders, notice, and mighty deeds. What was the signs of an apostle? Signs, wonders, mighty deeds. Mm. What does that mean? For any, every, of the, every one of the five-fold ministry gifts, there's a sign. There's a power flow. Amen. One of the things, when you come to a church that with, with a God-called pastor, one of the very first signs is you feel safe. Because that, the, the, the pastor has that ability, that power to make you feel safe. Amen. And Paul said the signs of an apostle were signs, wonders, mighty deeds. So what does that mean? You look for the signs. Signs of what? The power. If someone says, I'm an apostle, the signs will follow them. If someone says, I'm a prophet, the, the, sign will, the, the power will follow them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I have people call me and tell me they know, they know a prophet. And I want to say, well, how do you know they're a prophet? Well, they, they, they operate in this gift and that gift. But any believer can do that. 
The signs of a prophet are they are primarily a preacher and a teacher of the Word of God. Amen. That's, the Bible does not say that the primary gift of, of, a, of a prophet is foretelling, telling future events, giving words of wisdom or words of knowledge. They do that. Matter of fact, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, the discerning of spirits have to be operating in their life for them to be a prophet. Amen. But the primary demarcation of a prophet is the power of God flowing in their ministry. They'll be a dynamic preacher or teacher of the word of God. Amen. Amen. Listen, do you remember something? Brother Hagin told the story. There was a lady one time in, in his meetings brought a big, like a back tape recorder. I don't, I don't even know if y'all remember those. Anybody remember big reel-to-reel wallen sack, right? My dad had one. And uh, uh, to, to tape his message, he, they didn't have tapes back then. Churches didn't record. So she brought it. Brother Hagin was preaching, and, and he went to jump off the platform. There was that lady's tape recorder. And so he kind of had a twist in the air. And when he did, he landed on his elbow and knocked it out of joint. And, and he went ahead and finished the service. And, and after the service, they put him in the car. I'm telling you this for a reason. They put him in the car to take him to uh, the hospital because he had need to go to the hospital. Well, on the way there, Jesus said, he said, uh, Jesus spoke to him and said, no, there's nothing to worry about. He said, uh, 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 but... Uh, I can tell you why this happened. And he said, but here's what I'm going to tell you. It's going to be okay. Nothing's broken. It's, it's knocked out of joint. And the ligaments are, twist, are, are stretched. He said, now you'll have to have surgery. But it'll all be okay. And I'll talk to you more about it later. Amen. And so he went there. And of course, they found out it was just what Jesus said. And they scheduled him for surgery and, and, and he had to, but, but, but the Lord Jesus said it would heal faster and everything would be okay. And Brother Hagin said, you know, after the surgery, the next couple of days, they kept him there. He said, I was just having a high time just reading my Bible and, and fellowshipping with the Lord. And he said one day he was sitting in, in bed just kind of relaxing and he said, I heard footsteps coming down the hall. And he said, I thought it was a nurse or something. And he said, and, 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 uh, but in, into my room walked Jesus. Huh, what a hospital visitor. And he sat down in the chair and talked to him for over an hour about what had happened. And he said, here's, here's what happened. He said, this is why this happened. He said, he said you, when, when people ask you what you were, your calling, you told them you were a teacher and a prophet. He said, I told you, you were a prophet and a teacher. And he said, you got over there and you started putting the teaching ministry ahead of the prophet's ministry. And when you did, you opened the door to the devil. Now people say, why? Because you get it out of order and the power don't flow like it's supposed to. If you listen, if you ever listen to Brother Hagin intently, Brother Hagin weaved in and out of that prophetic office so seamlessly. It was so beautiful to watch him do that and to hear him do that. He would, he would be preaching along the lines of a text and then he would just, with, just seamlessly give a prophetic utterance and then he'd just be back on his text. The power of God would flow. And why did the power of God flow in his ministry so strongly? Because he kept the right order. I'm a prophet and I'm a teacher. If a man's a pastor, he needs to pastor. 
Because that's where the power flows at. Amen. Amen. I, I don't go looking for places to preach. I, I, there, there's times I don't even accept invitations because I'm a pastor. This is, I'm supposed to be in my church. Amen. A power flow is hurt. Did you understand that? So look for the signs. Someone says, well, you know, I'm, a, I'm an evangelist. Look for the signs. What are the signs of an evangelist? People getting saved and healed. If they're an evangelist, people are going to get saved and healed. Hallelujah. Well, I'm a teacher. Well, what's the sign of a teacher? People are growing. People are maturing. People are getting a hold of the Word of God. A teacher doesn't sound deep. A teacher makes it simple to understand. Amen. Hallelujah. Look for the signs. Now, the Lord gave me an illustration because it's just maybe how my mind thinks. Years ago, in, in the 80s, Buick came out with a, a vehicle called the Grand National. Now, the Grand National was, at one point, the fastest production car made, made by Buick, Buick Grand National. Chevrolet, at the same time, in the mid-'80s, came out with a, a car called the Monte Carlo SS. And, and they, were, they were smaller. The Monte Carlo looked a lot, almost exactly like a Grand National. And, uh, but one of the worst things you could do is go up to a Grand National guy and tell him how much he liked his Monte Carlo. Oh, they'd get offended. Well, here's, here's, there's two things. I want you to see this. You had to look close. Because by the door and on the back right of the, of the Grand National was the Grand National logo. And it had the, the leader of the engine and whatnot. All right, it had to look close. That's all it had. Didn't have a Buick sign on the front. Grand National. The Monte Carlo had the SS on it. Monte Carlo on the door. What was the difference between the two cars? Power. Power. Grand National had a lot more power. But you could mistake the other for the Grand National if you didn't know what you were looking for. Everybody that says they're an apostle isn't. The power will be there to back it up. I'm telling you something. You do whatever you're going to do with this because I have nothing to lose. You don't ever need to go to anybody else's meeting to get what you need to get when you got a local church. You just don't have to go to nobody else's meeting to get what you need to get. The, the power is available where God called you. Amen. Now, I'm not telling you not to go to other meetings. I'm just saying the power is available where God called you to be. Amen. There's a flow of power for every ministry office. Look for the signs. Look for the signs. Too many days without power will wreck lives. Too many days without power will wreck lives. Amen. You know, in this recent snowstorm, I say it was pretty recent, actually a few months ago that we had, and it hit Texas really hard. They found out the results of having no power. This is important. 
Hallelujah. Power. And you can strike it whenever you want. You can open the conduit up anytime you want and have it flow. Hallelujah. That's why I've got to be skillful with it. Folks, Pastor Nancy Dufresne wrote in her book, The Price of the Double Portion Anointing. And uh, in uh, some years back in Russia, she was in St. Petersburg, Russia. And uh, the Lord had told her before she went on that meeting, he said, uh, while you're in Russia, I'm going to talk to you about some things. And so uh, it was one night after the meetings, they had had dinner. And she said, I was sitting there at, at a late dinner. And she said, all of us at the table could suddenly feel the tangible presence of God. And she said, so we just sit there for a moment in that presence, and then we, we got up to go back to our rooms. And uh, a couple was with her, the Ramoses, Noel and, and, and uh, Noel and Sister Ruby. And in any event, uh, she got in her room and had just barely gotten settled, and Jesus came in her room and talked to her for an hour and a half about the price of the double portion anointing. And, and there were things that he said to her, and, and I'm just, I'm not going to go through all of them, but something that he said was, was, was this. He said, the words, the way that people have spoken in the past, they're not going to be able to speak that way and expect that double portion anointing to flow in their life. Hallelujah. We got, we got to be careful to be skillful. And, and, and I'm, I may be talking mainly to ministers. We got to be skillful. There, there's no room for exaggeration. There's no room to misspeak under the anointing. Because power's at stake. Power's at stake. Amen. And that's not to make anyone afraid. We, we've, we've all made mistakes and, and misspoke. But my, my point in saying this is too many days without power will wreck lives. Hallelujah. And we get quiet on me. We're going to sign the power of God. We're going to sign the power of God. Hallelujah. I'm watching my time. Praise God. Like Lily before bedtime. Check your time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I believe God. You know, my dad, who's in heaven now, he was healed during the days of the voice of healing. And, uh, uh, he had any number of things wrong with him. And, and from what I'm told, it stemmed from polio. That was right, you know, polio was still kind of a, a scourge back in the early 50s. And my dad was 13. And uh, his, uh, his uncle was a Baptist minister. And it was in the days of voice of healing. And here's something to, to remember and understand. Brother Hagen made the statement, I've heard others make it, they said during the days of the voice of healing, it was the easiest thing in the world to get people healed. People that didn't even have a healing ministry and had no business with a healing ministry, signs and wonders and miracles flowed through their life. If you think of some of the greatest names of our generation, uh, uh, Dr. T.L. Osborne, uh, William Branham, uh, Brother Hagen, uh, R.W. Schambach, uh, all, all of these, Oral Roberts, all of, those, all of those men came to prominence during the days of the voice of healing. He said it was the easiest thing in the world to get people healed. 
Amen. Because that power was just flowing. Well, I'm telling you this story for a reason. And so my, my great uncle, my Baptist great uncle, asked my grandmother and grandfather if they could take my dad to this meeting. It was at the Glad Tidings Assembly of God, 103rd and Euclid Avenue in Cleveland, Ohio. Clyde, w. B- Clyde L. Bowman was the pastor. And uh, the minister that was ministering that night was L.C. Roby, Lyman Charles Roby, and R-O-B-I-E. And, and he was powerfully used during the days of voice healing. Very educated man, very scholarly man, theologian, but, but got involved with Pentecostals. Boy, there's something about getting involved with them Pentecostals. It's like a slippery slope on a creek bank. You just slide in. Amen. Uh, you've been fishing before and just slid in, right? Amen. Hallelujah. But here, here's the point that I want to get to. He said at 13, when he walked in that room, it was electric. The power of God was there. Just walking in the room. Hallelujah. Why? That's what God was doing. He had, he had said through Brother Hagin and others that, that, that at the end of World War Number 2, there's going to come a, a healing revival to the, to the, well, to the world, but to the United States. That's what God was doing. Now, God's still healing. But my point is that every, 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 Catherine Kuhlman come out of the days of the voice of healing. But he said, when I walked in that room, there was an electricity. The power was already flowing. They saw signs and wonders that night. Lady paralyzed from an automobile accident in, in, a, in a wheelchair. Braces from neck to, to feet. And the man never said a, 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 a longer prayer than, Lord Jesus, for your glory, heal this person. And the woman got out of the chair, took the braces off, walked home. Another mother brought a child with a club foot, completely turned around backwards. The man said, Lord, for your glory, heal this foot. And it popped around in front of everybody. The mother put on the new shoes she had bought for the child, and the child ran all over the place. Well, my dad's sitting on the front row. He just got saved. Now, now there's, there's something to say here. Oh, glory. There's something to say here. A few, a few weeks previous to that, they, they brought him home. He, he rode a, they, they, back then they called it a handicap bus. It's, that, that would be politically incorrect now, but in any event, you know, for buses for, for children like him that needed help. And, and they took him off the bus, and my grandfather was waiting on him, and they put him in my grandfather's arms, and my dad said as he was walking in the house that he heard a voice say, you will preach my gospel all around this nation and in foreign lands. And he said, I looked up and thought it was my dad. But it wasn't. He's sitting in that meeting where the power of God's flowing. 13-year-old boy, alcoholic father, beat my grandmother, abused his children, didn't take care of his family, crippled, can't walk, or can walk, but barely. And he's sitting there, just got saved. And he said, I'm sitting there thinking, I'm saved. I'm not going to hell. I don't care if I get healed or not. (laughs) It doesn't matter. But the man came up to him and said, now, son, your turn. And he said that simple prayer. Lord Jesus, for your glory, heal this little boy. And that right side that had no strength gained strength. That bracelet he had to sleep in all the time started burning his leg. He took it off. 
for the first time in his life, he ran. Hallelujah. And he said as he was walking out the church, as he was walking out the church, he heard that same voice, and it said this, this is how you're going to preach my gospel. I'm, I'm telling you this for a reason. I grew up knowing about the power of God. But the power was there. It's not something they had to work up. It was there. It was available. The power is available tonight. Hallelujah. Because you're where God told you to be. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Let's assign the power of God. Let's assign the power of God. Hallelujah.